I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Uh, very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live from the Valley. Joining me here at this wonderful football stadium of ours is uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I'm alright, thanks, Louis. Yeah, re- returning as, as you always do on a Thursday night. Always. Yeah, returning as he very rarely does on a Thursday night. Hey, yeah, mate. <laughs> Big time, man, I? Nathan, Nathan <laughs> Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, not yeah. bad. Glad to be back. A couple of, couple of stressful weeks at work, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. back. F- managed to find my way here. Yeah. I've left some breadcrumbs out last time. Because so <laughs> I was worried. I just yeah. ate myself here. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 great to, it's great to see you again. I'm sure the listeners think it's great to hear you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love <my>. sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't doubt yourself, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> On tonight's show, we're going to hear from the uh, brand new protest group, War, the Women Against the Regime, a female-led protest group. We're going to hear why they've been set up from a, uh, a spokeswoman. Uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to talk about last week's postponement. Uh, it was the game against uh, Scunthorpe here. Never went ahead. Unfortunately, it was too chilly. Uh, talk about the, some rumours surrounding Red Bull and, and, and the club. Uh, there's been a, a, di- a diversity and equality day here at the Valleys. We're going to hear from Paul Mortimer, Charlton legend Paul Mortimer, who now works, of course, with, with Kick It Out as well. Uh, and, of course, we also want to preview Saturday's game uh, up at Bolton Wanderers hearing from the man himself Carl Robinson um, but yeah first things first on tonight's show you may have seen if you're uh, on Twitter today or on, on the forum during the week uh, a women's a women's led protest group the uh, women against the regime it's called uh, war for short I think they're trying a little bit of a play on when, uh, when it was the battle between the, the fans and the and the club was referred to as a war a few weeks ago so that's why they're, they're playing on that Um uh, they they formed to, uh, to to give a, a female voice perhaps to the protest. That, 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 and uh, I, I think I, I think it was important really that we, we let themselves do the talking because I wanted to know exactly why uh, they they felt the need to, uh, to to form. So I spoke to uh, Heather from the Women Against the Regime War, and this is what she had to tell me last night. So we're joined now here on Charlton Live by Heather from War, the Women Against the Regime. Heather, thanks for joining us uh, on the phone this evening. Uh, te- yeah, tell us about this uh, this new group, War. What, why have they uh, Why have they been set up? Well, essentially, War is a group of female Charlton fans who have individually supported the protests, peaceful and law-abiding protests against the regime for the past year or so. And I think the catalyst for us doing something as a specific group came about because of Roland's comment to the Belgian press at the time of the taxi to Roland visit. He was asked for his reaction to the visit, and he said something along the lines of he was not pleased, and he accused those of being involved as being some former employees of the club who cannot bear it that a young woman is actually CEO. Um, Now, the the truth of the fact is that there were no former employees on the Taxi for Roland trip, and also two of the members of that trip were females themselves. 
Um, so we felt, the few of us discussed it between us, and then um, someone from Cholton Life actually took the initiative to say, right, are we going to do this? So we got ourselves together over the last couple of weeks, um, and at the moment we have a core group of us that are working on specific things. So you think the fact that it is a group for, for women at, the, at this moment in time sends quite a powerful message to, 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 to Roland in response to what you said there then? Absolutely. We want to make sure that we can absolutely counter anything that he's claiming about the protest being of a anti-female or misogynistic nature. Um, we want to demonstrate that there are female Charlton fans who are among the protesters um, and who have you know, reached the end, of, the end of the road with this regime. Now, the, your group sort of launched with a, a statement that was issued on the Charlton Life Forum uh, during the week, a statement that was uh, in, in response to an article written by the Daily Mail's Martin Samuels, uh, where he talks about um, the, the FA's need to diversify, but not for the sake of it, uh, in, in reference to, to Katrine uh, Mayer. What was, uh, what was sort of like the, the statement? What sort of things did you have in there? Um, but the statement was very much in response to that article. We, we actually started discussing and planning this group a couple of weeks ago um, and we were planning to launch maybe in a couple of weeks time and then when that article appeared we thought right we need to get our act together right now and do something um, so we were very keen that we contacted the FA um, so the statement we put out really just explained who the group are, um, why we formed and then we were really calling on the FA to make sure that any appointments that are made to the board should be done so on merit and on competence and not purely on gender. And I understand that um, you, you've had some sort of response already from the FA. Yes, and we contacted them yesterday when we put out the statement um, and we have already received a reply from Martin Glenn's office today um, to give you the gist of that. Um, it talks about how appointments are made to the FA board via the EFL, and I think that's something that we'll take up separately with the EFL. Um, but also they state that they are subject to um, Sport England's governance code and that within that um, they are required to increase the gender diversity on the FA board. I think there's been quite a lot of media coverage about that. Um, what they then conclude is that they are currently considering their options to meet this requirement, but there are no specific proposals concerning any individuals at this time. So do you see that as sort of a, a positive step so far? I think it was very positive that they responded so quickly um, and essentially, you know, obviously, I don't think we were expecting that they would give out-and-out out, um, confirmation that you know, Katrine would not be under consideration, but I think we've succeeded in raising our concerns with them and making them very aware of, of the issues around you know, that there would potentially be around such an appointment. We maybe did it in a slightly different tone from Martin <laughs> Samuel's article. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there, there is a need to diversify in, in the world of football, particularly at the, uh, the higher ends like the, the FA and that. Um, Absolutely. There was, yeah, there was an interesting article today in The Guardian, actually. I don't know if you've seen it from Marinda Hyde, who's talking about um, some people saying that, uh, that that Katrine shouldn't shouldn't be involved because of what she's done, but she she almost she almost signed off her article by suggesting that she, uh, Katrine couldn't do any worse than anyone else, else who's already there. I mean, do, do you agree with a statement like that? Do you believe that? It, no, I absolutely be... don't. Mm. And you know, as a as a woman who's made a career in in business over a good few years, I've always felt that you know people should be considered for roles based on their experience and their competence. Um, yes, if you've got two absolutely equal candidates, then you might look at, at 
diversi- you know, diversification then perhaps comes into play. Um, and I think it's really important in football that more women are encouraged to be involved in the game and to have a you know, profession in, in the game, whether that's women playing, um, you know, playing the sport or whether it's in, on the actual governance and administration side. Um, but I absolutely believe that it needs to be competent women and there's nothing worse really than someone being put in a position on the basis of their gender when they're not actually capable of doing the job properly. And I think we've got reasons as long as, you know, as long as you like for why Katrina's not been doing a good job at, at Charlton. So the idea that she could be involved in selecting a future income manager or deciding on the composition of, of the FA Cup, for example, um, I think it, that would just be really bad for football, not good for football. Yeah. Obviously, the, the protests now at Charlton have been going on for, for well over a year. Um, Card formed sort of probably about a year ago. Card was formed. Um, how 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 are you, are you guys sort of separate from them, or is, is there an overlap between you guys and Card? Um, I wouldn't call it an overlap. I mean, some of us do know people who are involved in Card, and there are one or two people that um, we keep in close contact with and make sure that we liaise closely with Card. I think it's you know, it's really important that the protests are um, done in a way that. You know, make sense all round and that different groups know what each other are doing and planning and then can support each other as appropriate. Um, so that's really our relationship with CARD is we'll, we'll be in communication with them. Um, but we are a you know, separate group with a separate voice um, and you know, set up really for, for a very specific reason. And what's the, what's, what's the, uh, the future hold for, for war, the, uh, the women against the regime? Well, because we ended up going public maybe a little bit than we originally intended in response to the Martin Samuels piece. Um, we've still got a couple of basic things to put in place, like making sure that we've got a logo. Um, we want to you know, have a proper Twitter account and be active on that, um, but that's all just work in progress at the moment. Um, and then from there, one of the key things for us is that we're very much looking for more women to get in touch, other female children supporters um, who would... You know, want to be in contact with us and potentially support some of the activity going forward and if anyone's listening to your programme who would like to do that then if they could just drop a, an email with their contact details to womenagainsttheregime at gmail.com that's womenagainsttheregime or one word at gmail.com Obviously the acronym WAR is, uh, refers to a, a comment from Katrina a few weeks ago where she, where she mentioned it felt like at times she was, she was at war with the supporter base. Is this a, is this a war that you're going to be in for, for the long haul? Well, I'd love them to sell tomorrow, but that's maybe me <laughs> speaking personally. Um, we'll, be, we'll be here as long as, as long as Charlton need us to be raising the female voice in protest against the regime that has... Um, you know, drag the club down to the level that it's at at the moment. Yeah. Heather, thanks so much for, for joining us here on Charlton Live to, to explain what, uh, what the new protest group war is all about. You're welcome. Yeah, so many thanks there to, to Heather who joined me on the phone last night. Uh, since that interview's gone out, the, uh, the Charlton War Twitter account has actually been set up now. So if you go to <coughs> at CAFC War, so at CAFC War, uh, you can see the new logo and the Twitter account, which has all been set up today if you want to find out some more uh, and I think they were, they, were, they were calling for fellow female child supporters to sort of get signed up as well. Mm. So you can you can see all that on the uh, uh, on the Twitter account. They have, uh, fascinating, really, if the the the. the, the the, the, this group of, uh, of, of, of female Charlton supporters have gone to this level. I think it, it, in order to try and make a slightly different point to what Card are making, 
because we did see. I think it was it was not long. It was, it was probably during the the taxi for Ronan. Something there was some sort of comments from Ronan that he implied that some of the protests were purely because they don't like seeing a a, a young woman involved in the football club. I mean, mm. that, that's, it's never felt like that. <coughs> I mean, I remember when when Katrine first came on the scene. I, I, I remember feeling really proud that there is a you know child at the forefront once again of of, be, of bringing a new a new type of diversity to football that perhaps had been underrepresented before. Mm. I think. Um... Yeah, I don't know really where Roland gets a lot of his opinions from. Over there in Belgium, he makes some statements that I don't think a lot of us believe. But you're right, it comes from a slightly different perspective. It's maybe making a slightly different point. But obviously with Card being slightly more quiet at the moment and with things, you know, they're talking about things in the pipeline but not necessarily being quite as active, it it gives chance for for War to make a bit of a name for themselves as well. And I think we've seen a lot in the news recently about Catria maybe getting these offered these positions or you know mm. certainly being thought about in terms of getting these positions and I think the point we all really need to make is it's not that I, I agree that diversity is obviously brilliant for, for any organisation and really important but she shouldn't get that position simply because she's a woman they need to take into account all the work she's been doing as well and, and as Heather said in that interview there I think we can tell that the work she's been doing hasn't really been good enough to to deserve a position like that. Yeah, the article from Martin Samuels in the Daily Mail was particularly interesting because it, it was sort of along those lines that they, they felt that, you know, the, the, the number one point is the FA do need to diversify at the top mm. of the game. You can't you can't have a game that's for all if it's only led by certain people. And that's Old a, white men. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's the same. And that's the same in all sorts of in all walks of life, mm. even, even protest groups. And that's why it's, I guess it's in a way it's good to see that uh, protest groups are now diversifying <laughs> as well. But you, can you understand? No, for like the sort the sort of points that are being made in, in articles like like Martin Samuel saying that you you, sh- you shouldn't really just because you're a woman involved in football you shouldn't mm-hmm. I mean there, there, also there is no real there, really there is no suggestion at the moment in time that she's been offered anything mm. yeah. from what I hear but you, you understand the point that, that perhaps War are trying to make it yeah I mean I don't, it doesn't matter if you're male female or alien or whatever you are do you know what I mean it doesn't really matter if you're good if you're good enough for that role. Um, you should be offered it. Do you know what I mean? And just because, because I'd thought if I if I was um, you know quite a you know strong woman and very career driven and that and and then you've got some random woman who gets a position in the FA just because she's a woman, I'd find that more offensive mm. than appointing a man because it just seems oh just because she's a woman we'll appoint her. She's got to do it by merit. And if I think if Catherine, like I agree with you, Lou, when she first came, she came across quite well right at the beginning. Um, and if she carried that, that all the way through and she was doing a fantastic job here, then every single one of us would be saying, yeah, mm. she should be put forward. But it's just because it just seems, apart from Karen Brady, I could be missing loads here, Karen Brady, the Sisu woman, um, I don't know if there's many more, well, not, the knowledge isn't that great of directors, but there's not that many, so it just seems they're just going, oh, because you're a woman, you should be here. It, do, it doesn't sit right. So um, if she, like I said, if she was there on merit, then yeah, I, I, I agree, and that, I think that's sort of what Martin Samuel was saying, we just doing it just to say oh, we are diversifying sort of thing yeah I mean, there was then a, uh, a sort of an article from in the Guardian from Marina Hyde sort of suggesting that you know pe- people are the, the people are sort of saying oh you know I'm more than happy for a woman but oh not that woman she's sort of saying well the FA is so poorly run anyway what difference would it make that's that's the sort of point she's running but again I, I mean I put that question to Heather on the phone there and she didn't she didn't agree with it really mm. I think just because you're in a bad place, there's no point just diversifying to try and sort that out. Again, like Nave says, and like Heather said, you need the right person in there as yeah. well. And that doesn't matter if it is a woman or a man. Um, what's important is that they're, they're good at their job. And from that level, from the FA perspective, they need a massive sort out, as we I think we've all said anyway. 
but just in general, uh, again, like Naif said, in terms of any sort of position, whilst it's great to diversify and, and that's important, it needs to be someone who's shown and got the credentials to actually do that job. Yeah. Now, when you flip things over, of course, like we say, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be offered. Like, like, again, I don't think any, any position's being offered anyway, but you shouldn't mm. be just because you're a woman. Also, just because you're a woman, you shouldn't get some sort of stick that some women in football mm. do. And we see, it, we see it here as well. We see the Katrine song, which with the reference to Nabi Sal, which we know is offensive and wouldn't be sung, obviously wouldn't be sung about a male CEO, that mm. sort of thing. The, the, the fact that women in football gets talked about anyway is, does show that there is, there is an issue in football in terms of, you know, we see it all the time with, with sexism, homophobia, all that sort of stuff that never really, and we're going to hear equality and diversity from Paul Mortimer later on. The, 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 these sort of problems in football haven't gone away, and that's why it is important that the FA is diversified mm-hmm. to try and to, to try and spread some understanding and, and that sort of things to you know the the minority of football fans who still don't quite get that. Yeah, I think it's, in, in football it's obviously still there, but I still think in the community it's still an underlying yeah. problem. Is still um, some sort of aspects of it which is which will then feed into sort of it coming into a football stadium. Um, but yeah, no, I think we do need to look at it. We need to sort of go with the times a, a little bit more. Because <clears throat> on a personal level, from where I've worked, <clears throat> excuse me, I, my, most of my bosses have been female, and they, I find them more driven and more reliable than the male, male bosses that I've had. Mm. I think they're a bit more powerful than the men, and I think... Yeah, I don't want to go... Everyone's thinking I'm talking dirty. I'm not, but you know, <laughs> no, I'm no, just no, literally saying... I mean, but that, that's a case-by-case basis, really. <clears throat> yeah, it's probably, I think, but... What I find interesting is, and what Nafe touched on about when Catrian first came in, about how actually she was a bit of a breath of fresh air for a little while, mm. it would have been interesting had that managed to carry on to see what she did with a group like this in terms of diversity across football. And what's what's obviously a shame is that actually this this group's had to be set up almost against, against her. Um, but it'll be interesting to see over the coming weeks and months what they do in terms of actually actively getting out there and pursuing the various projects they've got and seeing what they do, so... Yeah, all power to them, definitely. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a, a quick break uh, here on Charlton Live. Then we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, someone else who perhaps took it into in his own hands to try and uh, drive something bad out of football. Charlton Live. Where can there be a place in the game for a man of such extravagant talent, a man of such wicked temperament, a man who has been quite rightly dismissed, a man who has now just... Oh my goodness me! He just kicks, he's punched a man! Eric Cantona has jumped in and sees a kung fu kick! A fan! Manchester United fans are coming across! I have never seen as disgraceful an incident Eric Cantona should be thrown out of the game for the 
absolutely brilliant. I care not one jot about his supreme talent. He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of a doubt giving him lip, without a shadow of a doubt giving him stick. Well, as Jonathan Pierce correctly points out there, uh, Eric Cantona was taking his one-man crusade to rid football of, of potty mouths. Did he not understand it was a Palace fan? <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, 22 years ago yesterday. I, I, I just found that clip online yesterday. I thought, I've got to play it to you because it's Amazing. so uh, funny. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't really matter because it's a Palace fan. Well, yeah, yeah. Obvi- obviously. Obviously, you can't obviously go around fly-kicking fans. It, but but as a Charlton fan, it is As a Charlton fan. See. I think at the time, apparently, Charlton fans used that to wind up Palace fans for donkey's years, so I thought that was... Uh, well, Chant still comes out every now and again. Yeah, who are Cantona, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, good stuff. <laughs> I can't believe it was that long ago. No, yeah, 22 crazy, years, man. yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, right, let's move on, though. I think we were, we get ourselves in trouble if we laugh at, <laughs> at violent assaults much, much longer. Uh, right, there was uh, rumours going around... On the uh, on the inter- internet, well, it's been going around ready for a few months now. Mm. Uh, Red Bull, the uh, multinational fizzy pop company, uh, who own sports clubs, uh, sort of. I think that they've got two or three, or maybe four or five. They've got ones in America. They've got. Uh, I think they've got one in Brazil. They've got, uh, Leipzig, who are doing pretty well in the Bundesliga now. And the rumor was going around that they're after an English club. I think maybe just under a year ago they were linked with Leeds United, mm. West Ham. They were linked with. And then there were stories going around that they were linked with us. Now, this story had been going around for a little while. Then, um, I think either this week, uh, this week, some kid on Twitter, uh, oh. a Barnsley fan, decided, decided to be really funny to put Red Bull spokesman in his Twitter bio and then start tweeting about it. It's so obvious if you went back through his tweets, he was tweeting about Barnsley, it's just some kid. Um, that sort of stoked, stoked the fire a bit. Um, Rich Corley sort of tweeted that he, knew, he knows that Red Bull were uh, after a club, I think he said perhaps in London. But he said nothing would be anywhere near close with Charlton. And then if you buy uh, this this month's Voice of the Valley, which I you have to send off for because this it was supposed to come on sale uh, during uh, like before the Scunthorpe game, which obviously got postponed. So uh, in the end, you have to if you want one, you can order it online. It's really easy. I've done that. Uh, I think you, you just pay about ninety p for postage. Uh, if you go to the Voice of the Valley website, you can check out uh, uh, Rick Everett M and Brown on Twitter. You'll see the the link how to buy how to buy this month's Voice of the Valley. But he's talking about in there, and this is an article that's definitely worth buying it for. Talking about the uh, what he's heard is that um, Red Bull did come to the Valley as as perhaps they've probably spoken to plenty of clubs if they are listening, try, if they are interested in finding somewhere within England. Uh, just just to ask some questions, and they were quoted according to Voice of the Valley uh, by Katrine. Uh, that Roland du Chatelet's latest uh, selling price is seventy-five million pounds for the bargain. <laughs> so, so obviously that's interesting. So, I mean, it shows there's, there's something <coughs> in there, but perhaps maybe not as as sure locked on as, as some Twitter accounts are trying to claim last week. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening myself. Uh, and I think Rich, you know, I tend to trust him a, a lot on Twitter. He tends to be on the money and. He seems to suggest that it's not going to happen. I think that price, I don't know if that was just to immediately put them off or if that's realistically what Roland thinks he's going to get. And if that's the case, then we're going to have to be put up with him for a good few years. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously Roland's lent a lot of money to the club. So any price that seems mm. to be quoted these days seems to include getting all that money back. So the mm. money paid for it and the money's put into the club over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, also potential that rumours that, um, whereas I don't know if he if he'd consider using the value of the the valley, saying, well, I own this club and they sit on however much million pounds worth of land, so therefore if you want to buy it off me, you have to pay that. 
that, that never seems to have happened before when clubs change mm-hmm. hand like it's gone for £40 million when Ronan bought it and, and before that it's never gone for that sort of money has it so. yeah no I think the £75 million, I mean what you're supposed to do if you're selling the house you obviously add a little bit more on because to get you're going to have to negotiate at some stage so maybe he's thinking oh maybe £50 million, but I'll say 75 to haggle down but mm-hmm. even still £50 million. It's still a crazy amount. Well, uh, Middlesbrough just turned down fifty million, never mate. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're you know we're sort of similar size and same league, <laughs> same sort. Well, we probably are similar size to Middlesbrough in, in, in a normal time, but yeah. they're in the premise. It's like us and Palace. We're similar size to Palace, yeah. probably are, but not quite in the, in the same leagues at the moment. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd talk about an over overinflated price would be an mm. understatement. Um, but I think we're we're, we're going to be a club. That's always going to have interest. I think if if we were ever to a stage that you know we're, we're for sale, someone come out and say, I don't think it'll be like one or two. I think you'll have quite a few. Yeah. Whether or not they can afford it, but I do. I mean, if you look at the academy, the club, the history, where we are in London, how close it is to everything, I think you're gonna, always going to have that interest, and we're always going to have these silly stories come up. Maybe not from Barnsley teenagers, but we're always going to have these sort of stories and I always just don't take no notice until something's on the in, on, on the website but saying yeah. that's a bill was wasn't it <laughs> and, then, and then that never happened so yeah. but yeah it's just and it, it did open up some interesting questions actually whilst that rumour was going around mm. I saw people having conversations about this online talking about if we were to be bought by Red Bull which I would say seems highly unlikely at this moment in time you know, how far would they go to change us? Because if you look mm. at all the clubs they've got, kit colours seem to change, names seem to change. Although I don't know, it seems quite difficult to change a name of an English club. You know, whole city have tried it. Um, how how uh, yeah, would the ground change? I mean, how much would you be willing to give up to, to have a new owner? I mean, I I personally am extremely attached to the Valley. I think yeah. it's, it's so important to our history. Um, obviously, the the name the name of the ground itself you could see that changing in the future. And if if someone called it the Red Bull Valley or the I don't know the Cannon Valley or whoever mm. took, whoever wanted to put money into you could probably live with that because you'd still call it the Valley anyway I think I don't know for definite but the other clubs they own they don't seem to have well certainly in America for example they probably don't have the history that someone like Charlton does Yeah. so when they go in and buy them they're perhaps not clearing out as much well, of it Leipzig were a bit of a, a lower league nothing yeah. team really yeah. They, yeah. so if they took over someone I don't know I'm not going to name names because I don't want to offend any teams but if they took over somebody lower like Millwall uh, then <laughs> the league table top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but if they took over someone you know of a very low level <coughs> perhaps a, you know like MK Dons for example with not a huge amount of history yeah. slightly different but we've got such a, a rich history that I think making those changes would have a much more of an impact on the fan base and upset a lot more people and to that extent I certainly wouldn't wouldn't want it but some of the things they do in terms of the, the youth t- players that they bring through at some of their clubs and stuff that's that's not bad but mm. you know, could live with being like Leipzig are now yeah. in first or second within the Bundesliga I could live with being second in the Prem I could take mm. that I could live with that <laughs> but uh, yeah I wouldn't want to sell my soul to yeah, do it exactly. um, and that you, would be my worry with would, the ownership like for that. me it would have to still be here it would still be called yeah. Charlton it would still be playing red yeah. that sort of thing and the tickets would still be affordable yeah. which I think is important and that's something that we have to give praise to, to the current regime for is yeah. the tickets are generally still affordable well, think, in, in certain places in any league you've got to spend money to get up and you've got to buy well but I don't want someone to come in here and start splashing 20 million on players just because they're really rich because again I don't know it just it takes away that, that aspect of competition almost you know if you're just bankrolling it like that um, but having said that Roland's doing the very opposite and for me not putting enough money in mm-hmm. so there is there is a happy medium it just seems that 
our owners just don't seem to find that at the minute. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting stuff there. The uh, the, the rumour about Red Bull that's been going around, it feels like there's not a great deal of chances going to happen in the moment. Just uh, a few bits of uh, a few bits of club news at the moment. The uh, football for a fiver games coming back on uh, 25th Feb, home to Berry. Looking forward to it. I'm not here. No, <laughs> I've already got a ticket. Yeah, all right. Well, that's that's dead in the water. <laughs> but that's that one done. Yeah. Good to talk. <laughs> I'm going to guess that they're probably hoping to get slightly bigger crowds than they did last time against Rochdale. The, the football for a fiver was our lowest. Mm. Lowest one we've had since they started doing that. By a long, long way. Like, which, which game was that? It was home to Rochdale. We lost 1-0. Uh, oh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know why. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that. Looking forward to that. Uh, right, AFC Wimbledon sold out, um, but the club mm. are doing a beanbag here at the Valley. I think it's going to be about eight quid to go and watch it up in crossbars on a right. telly. But more importantly, for those of us who are going, or perhaps those who aren't going, but just want to go on a boat with some Charlton lads, uh, Nate, have you got the details of the, of the boat trip? Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I'll, I've, I sent it out. I'll retweet it out, and I'll send another thing out. I spoke to Jim. There's um, there's a there's some few there's a few more tickets about to uh, get on a nice little booze cruise. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You ain't no club eighteen thirty malarkey. How <laughs> old do you want to be? Well, obviously you got to be over eighteen. Sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, just getting it. So basically, it's um. From it's going to Kingston upon Thames on obviously Saturday the February eleventh. Uh, boarding at Waterloo, um, setting sail at ten, and then you'll get to Kingston at two uh, for the Wimbledon game. Fifteen uh, quid a ticket, is that right? Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, I, would just, yeah. I just had it up. There we go. Uh, yeah, fifteen quid a ticket. So I mean, I've done. I've done. I think I've done three or four. Yeah, I've done two or three of them. Yeah, They're brilliant. Good They're crap. so good. Especially if you, if you're going to the game, it'd be brilliant because obviously you do yeah. you do all that and then you go to the game. If you're yeah. not. I mean, you could still do it and then just go to Kingston and just hang around. Kingston's a nice area, though. Exactly, I don't think yeah. they're going to appreciate any Chol- drunken Cholton fans going yeah. around singing about we, like Cholton songs or whatever else. <laughs> 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 nice Kingston upon Thames, have yeah. some lunch. <laughs> Look at these hooligans. Well, I'm just the hooligans don't have lunch. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just nothing. Just go, go on just have a good lunch. Nathan's speaking from experience. No, no, so... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I'll I'll tweet it out now and then um, obviously speak to uh, Jim who will obviously include... At CFC Jim on Twitter if you want to get tickets for the boat boat trip to to AFC Wimbledon, which I can heartily recommend if you're the sort of fan who does enjoy... Uh, a drink and a bit of Despite music. Despite this attempt at a plug for it, <laughs> yeah. it is actually good. It is, no, it's it's good I've, done, I've done it a few times and it is good fun. Uh, and there, I think there's still a few tickets going. Right, on Sat- uh, last Saturday, we all had a free afternoon because uh, the Scunford game was uh, postponed. Now, they're obviously um, frozen pitch. Obviously, we're all disappointed because we, we want to go down and watch the, cl- watch the games. Obviously, it sort of helps. At the same time, we're thinking, well, mm. got a couple of injuries. That's not it's not the absolute end of the world from a playing side sort of thing. Um, I actually asked, because uh, there was a few questions going around, really, based upon the... Um hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, the, the, the thing about the undersoil heating, because remember when the pitch was relayed a couple of years ago, the pipes were put in, but there's no boiler because it is quite expensive to run. I did ask the, I, I sort of asked the club if it was possible to get a boiler at short notice and, and how much it would cost. And I got, just got a message back from a, a spokesman said, due to the continuous negative overnight temperatures throughout last week, the pitch froze and was unable to defrost during the day. The pitch had frost covers on it throughout the week, which were rotated during the day to capture as much sun when available. The pitch was adjudged unplayable by the referee Dean Whitestone for last weekend's home game. Uh, when the pitch was reconstructed in 2014, the development was future-proofed by installing the pipework for undersoil heating under the pitch as it is a stipulation of the Premier League, this did not include the installation of boilers. The undersoil heating is very expensive to run, and we don't currently have the boilers in place. We would need around a week to prepare for a home game to set up the undersoil heating, so they need a week sort of advance mm. uh, to sort out. For the Scunthorpe game, we believed the frost covers would suffice, but unfortunately the continuous negative overnight temperatures meant the frost got through them. We don't want this to happen again, and are monitoring the long-term forecasted temperatures. The temperatures have been so low that the first team haven't been able to fully train at the club's training ground this week due to frozen pitches. However, they did train on half the pitch at the Valley on Tuesday and Thursday with the other half still unplayable. So there you go. So the, I was asking because you, I, don't, I don't know how long it takes to get boilers in, but they're saying it'd take a week's sort of notice they need and they didn't, they didn't foresee what happened. So you, mm. so you can sort of understand it, but it, you know, undersoil heating is obviously quite expensive to run. Then the question goes, well, Roland's got a fair, fair few quid in his back pocket. I think, yeah, given the the relationship between the owners and, and the fans, it's an easy stick to beat him with. Um, I think looking at it, I, I'm not surprised given the weather and stuff that it, it was called off. Um, I only live not far from the valley. Um, but uh, as you say, when, when you find out a story like we've got the pipes but we haven't got the boiler, yeah, it just becomes one of those farcical things that fans can can leap on it and, and accuse the owner of, of being tight as you say when he's got plenty of money to be able to do it so one of those things as you say it probably worked in our favour because we had a lot of injuries although <laughs> as Carl says in his conference today injuries haven't got that much better but um, yeah another week off isn't going to hurt us at this stage in the season I don't no. think what did, you, what did you guys get up to see I was planning on then going to go to uh, Dagenham and Reveridge v. Br- v Bromley but then that got frozen off as well much later luckily I was just about to leave home so I hadn't actually left what did you guys do Tom I know you, you slept in basically I just stayed in bed yeah <laughs> all day. sons of anarchy that was my, my day yeah what they were in bed with you yeah the whole all, cast all of them. <laughs> wow oh you dirty little minx apart from Ron Perlman he wouldn't come oh nah. I, don't, I don't know who that is so I don't get that one he's one with a massive head oh, I'll show, I'll show easy. you easy yeah easy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually, well, I wasn't going to go to the game anyway because I was celebrating my grand old thirtieth birthday. So, Happy uh, birthday, by the way. Yeah, cheers, thanks. That's um, why I ain't been here for the last two weeks. <laughs> just just, on, just on a bender for two weeks, <laughs> drowning my sorrows, <laughs> reaching thirty with my pipe and slippers. Uh, but yeah, no, I was. No, oh, I attached to that pipe though. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, so I, I, I wasn't going to go anyway because the uh, uh, I had a surprise thing. It turned out, which was really cringy, but. Um, what I was it? Was, Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, just, oh, I just went into this restaurant and then like a load of his family were there and then they brought oh. over and at the end they brought over that birthday cake. You know when everyone looks around. <laughs> so oh, well, I've got to walk out now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so that was really cringy. But I felt I, I must admit I was a bit. You know, I weren't going anyway, but it didn't surprise me. Mm. Um, 
but you know they, those guys obviously worked hard to try and get it on with yeah. what they could but it could be worse it could be the South End Grasman couldn't you yeah that was a weird one yeah <laughs> this is your fault got for the temperature that, yeah. don't want to get don't want to get sucked too much into that one because I'm sure there's going to be some sort of legal case <laughs> going on get ahead Wiser Charlton X on Twitter says Kingston is really not all that mu- upmarket you'll no? be fine Nafe brackets you'll fit well, right in another one another actually saying Kingston upon terms was, I thought was nice until I went to, I don't know if it's still there it's called Oceania yeah, I went there years, oh, and years ago. Yeah, yeah it, was ram- it was one of the best yeah. nights I had. I've been to the one in Nottingham, but that was that was one bit. And then I don't you know. Was, if I was thinking of, of Kingston upon Hull, which yeah, is definitely not a market. Yeah, Kingston <laughs> upon Hull. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going up there by boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, today, uh, the Valley, uh, the Charlton Athletic Community Trust, along with the club, had a Equality and a Diversity Day. Uh, uh, with uh, some local school children, and they had uh, speakers. Had George Lapsley, who's uh, was he? He wasn't. He must be in the under twenty ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I think he's. He was he he's got a new contract. For he's a yeah. captain, wasn't he? Yeah, he's quite. He was the under 18s yeah. captain like, when we won the PLD two last. He was in. He was. In, he travelled to Leeds as well. So was mm-hmm. in the last season. He wasn't actually in the squad, but he's. Uh, he's a good little player. He, he was there. Kim Dixon was there. Katrine Mayer was there. Um, uh, Paul Mortimer was there, obviously, and Paul Mortimer, uh, who's obviously an, an absolute Charlton legend. Um, does uh, does bits as well with kicking out the um, the uh, anti racism uh, sort of as a charity I guess you'd, you'd call it uh, does bits with BBC Radio London as well he's uh, he's an all rounder Mortz and he's absolute uh, just like he was on the uh, the pitch when he was taking it all round players uh, he's an absolute legend he caught up with uh, Steve Adamson the club kindly just uh, sent us some audio just from today's thing just to explain what it was about so this is uh, Paul Mortimer speaking to the club Steve Adamson about today's Equality and Diversity Day so Paul we've just had this fantastic event at the Valley it's really important isn't it to sort of educate people as young as possible about how they need to be inclusive and get an equality yeah I mean again this is all about difference it's all about educating people around how we deal with difference first of all we've got to acknowledge that we are all different unique but different and that's okay and as long as we recognize that we'll be able to get on with with each other and and accept each other and integrate into into society correctly and you're telling sort of quite a compelling sort of story, obviously, about the times where you were a player. You hope, obviously, society's moved on, but it really shows why we have to do this. That's why I say I talk about them, because, you know, that's what society was like. I mean, I was talking about football, but, but you know, it, people come out of the stadiums that go into society. It makes up society. So, yes, society has changed. It's always, I think, important to make people aware of what it was like so that they know, number one, how much progress has been made, but number two, that the job is not complete, that there is still a lot more work to do, and to try and empower these young people to actually take part in doing that. We've now have confirmation on Tom's phone of who the man with the big head is. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got a big head. Yeah, he's got a big head, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, everyone's, even big-headed people are, in, are, are uh, accepted these days, as, as we found out on today's diversity yes, and equality uh, drive. At the club. I mean, uh, we we're making the jokes about that person with a big head, but... This sort of this sort of stuff that the trust does. I mean, we, we, we've um, had a lot of stuff from the trust recently. Um, what did we have? We had the, the street violence ruins live stuff. Uh, they've done the low sugar thing recently. Yeah, the upbeats. Yeah, the upbeats. Well, recently. Yeah. I mean, the, the trust does so much good, and um, especially um, people like Paul Mortimer who work who work with with things like Kick It Out and that. The, 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 so the, we, we talk about the the difficulties that we have in football we mentioned that a bit earlier but there's, there's so much stuff good that football can do and obviously it's great that Charlton I mean Charlton have forever particularly the Charlton Athletic 
Community Trust, mm. which win, wins awards internationally recognised with uh, sports clubs from, you know, they, they're nominated for awards with sports clubs from other countries that you've heard of, mm. like that, that sort of stuff. Like, they're, they're so good, and this is exactly the, the sort of stuff that, that you can do with football. Yeah, exactly. We've always been there. We've always been one of the best, probably the best, um, in terms of local community and stuff. Like, even right now, you know, just in the club today, you've got the youth club on, um, gives gives you know kids somewhere to go instead of just walking around. But even though they probably weren't this, this sort of freezing temperatures, but <laughs> you know everything like you said the upbeats and everything. There's so much that this club does and uh, that the trust does for this club, and it's probably one of the main reasons why a lot of people know probably maybe don't know Charlton in terms of football sense, but definitely in terms of what we bring to the community. Um, just so many different things. There's so many more to mention, like you mentioned, Lou, but. Yeah, no, I think it's great, and uh, it just carry, hope it, hopefully it just carries on and carries on, and we get those more awards, which we seem to be smashing at the moment. We're lucky. We're lucky, really, as Charlton fans. If you look at ex-professionals who played for our club and still involved with stuff that you can get behind, like you know, we like we love hearing Steve Brown on Radio London, and we love seeing the likes of Paul Motley get involved with this. So there's, there's so many Charlton legends. I think it, it, it does say a little bit about, and you know, Carl Lieban doing the, uh, the the walk with the upbeats last mm. year, along with a few others as well, uh, including Mort. So I mean. Uh, it's, for me, it sort of does say something about how, what, what sort of club Charlton has been throughout the years in terms of the players that come in and, and get stuck in. They're, they're the sort of characters that will get involved with the, the right sort of stuff, the community sort of stuff. I mean, I remember Callum Harriott, I think, was it last year or the mm. year before, winning the, the, at the Player of the Year, didn't he? he? won the Community Trust Award, which is for the work you do in the community. That sort of stuff. I think maybe even Popey won it last year, I can't remember. But um, you know, the, that, that sort of good egg is exactly what it, it takes to be involved with Charlton, really. Yeah, and uh, it goes back to that thing we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even last week, about the, the Charlton family. Um, and you know, we see the likes of, obviously, Jason, you all go into youth coaching here. We've had Kinsella here. We've had Phil Chappell back behind the scenes we've obviously our pal here so players are there on the football side but as you say it's not just that and they also do stuff on the community side as well And that guy's head is massive <laughs> I told you yeah, <laughs> just tweeting me that is the biggest head I've ever seen told you blimey yeah. that, is, that is phenomenal mm. right um, okay what was I saying <laughs> yeah. yeah about uh, how nice we are yeah basically yeah. 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 excellent stuff right let's have a quick break uh, and then we're going to come back and start looking ahead to, uh, to Saturday's game with Bolton Into the box, it's a flick on from McGinnis. Yeah! Oh, Charlton have grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis' initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh, who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Charlton Live. Now, Flaggy's corner this week, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's decided that the man with a big head looks like me when I get older. (laughs) 
That's it. Will Portugal. Ferrell as well, weren't it? Huh? A mixture of you and yeah, Will Ferrell. Yeah. That's, what, that's what would happen if me and Will Ferrell were sort of merged <laughs> together in some sort of horrible shape-shifting time. Like the fly. Yeah, yeah, like in the fly. Like We both tried to go through some sort of shape-shifting machine, went in together and became some giant, weird, big-headed man. <laughs> Got to try and find a picture of you like that on your yeah. Twitter somewhere and do one of those pick-joiner things to see if it actually <laughs> merges into one yeah. monster. We'll see. Right. Um, <laughs> time to look ahead uh, uh, to uh, Saturday's game up at Bolton Rangers. Obviously, not going to be an easy game. Um, I think first things first, we'll we go straight into the, the press day with Robinson because there's a, obviously there's a few things that are, are brought up uh, when, when he speaks to um, BBC Radio Ken's Tony Hud. Um, the, 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 the interesting thing being a couple of people talking about you know, now, now really, are we? Are we, we? We talked about it on last week's show. Are we still within a shout of the playoffs? I'll tell you what, Fleetwood's win at Sheffield United during the week didn't help. I mean, Peterborough losing did, but it's so unlikely we're going to get the playoffs. But anyway, Carl, uh, Carl said he's not going to throw in the towel yet, and you're going to hear that here as uh, he was talking to uh, BBC Radio Kent's Tony Head of, ahead of uh, Tony Rudd. What's his name? Tony Head ahead of Charlton's game off of Bottle Runders <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's trip to promotion chasing Bolton. Carl, the January transfer window is about to close. Are you likely to be doing any last minute business or will anyone be leaving the club? Yes. I think I've had an awful lot of difficulties in the, in the window last few sort of days in some ways where. <clears throat> I've also not. I can't be selfish and worry about what Carl Robinson does today. I've got to worry about the the fundamental factors, the right players for Charlton Athletic over the next few years. Um, and if I've got to miss out on things now because it's not right, well, I have to do so. Um, but uh, what I'm not going to do is not going to put this club in any jeopardy and do some silly things in this in this silly window. In some ways, I'm still after the top signing. I, I think I still need that in certain aspects of the club. I can't say where. I think it's been unfair in the players that we already have. Yeah, I certainly think people have to leave the building, yes. There's been speculation about Nicky and Josie going to South End. Can you comment on that? Um, I think there'd be always be speculation when you've got a player like Nicky Josie who's not playing. Um, but I think there's a, there's, a, there's a few clubs who have phoned me over him about his availability. Um, right now, I'm not too sure whether it's going to be right for us. Um, it might be right for him. Um, but it has to be right for Charlton Athletic, and that's the decision that I have to take. Um, it's not case Nicky's done anything wrong it's not a case of that it's just a case of I fancy other strikers before him at this moment in time and that's that's just part of bar's football it's fair to Nicky he understands that as well he he, he, he totally takes that on board um, but we'll see so you're prepared to be patient I'm not patient I'm not good at patient I'm rubbish at being patient uh, but yeah, I have to be I have to be right I'm, I've always said I want to be here for the long haul and I've built a team before and I know what it takes, maybe the integration of some younger players and then and let them grow and build with the club if we want to do uh, what we really set out to achieve. Um, sometimes I bring in some senior players who are, who are a little bit older maybe, maybe they have a shelf life in some ways um, and I'm not prepared to do that. I want to bring in players that have longevity and can, and can sustain the club's success over a number of years and that's how I want to look at it, frustrating in some ways but... This is not anybody else's, in my opinion, and how I think it should be done. Um, I look at the likes of Barnsley and what they did and how long that took for them to get that together. Um, I look at Bournemouth. Okay, I know they had some marquee signings in there as well, but there's clubs who've done it, it with, with younger players and with, with the right type of players. Bed them in. I know even Barnsley got close to the bottom four at some stage and then they went on, on, a, on 
and sustaining themselves in the championship at the moment and doing a wonderful job. So there's an awful lot of work going on behind the scenes and I don't think it's so much in this window we'll see a massive um, sort of movement. It'd be a case of starting off talks now for the summer. Um, but I'm still looking at that one sign and it's it's hard because this is just a stupid window. It's a, it's, it makes no sense January. So, fair to say you're not a fan of the January window? Well, no, because of inflated prices, because people are so scared to lose and people are so, so, so in a hurry to do something. Um, I think coming in as a manager and in the, in the first week in, in Jan and, and then expected to, to overhaul a club in, in four weeks is, is an impossibility. It's a catastrophe in some ways, and some people will carry out themselves and spend stupid money. Um, for, for immediate success and long term failure and that's not what I'm looking here to do I'm, I'm here for the long term and the, and the, and the long game um, everything is taken people say people laugh at that comment obviously but I'm, I'm, I can't worry about what people think it's a case of I've got to believe that I want to be here for a while and I want to take this football club in the right direction um, a lot of work has to be done I have to dedicate my life to it first and foremost and I have to have partner players who feel that they're lucky to play for Chant Athletic not the Chant Athletic are lucky to have them and that's one thing that I'm very conscious of. At this time last week, we were com- confronting a colossal injury list. Have matters improved since then? And who will be available to you at Bolt <coughs> who wasn't last week? Um, no one. No one. Just Tony and Ricky are probably another week further on, which gives us more hope that uh, Lee Novak will be fit, definitely. Um, and Patrick's training today, so we'll see where he's at. Um, but that's his first day of training. Just that's that's how I play a game. That's as honest and as straight as it can get. Bolton are flying high under former Charlton boss Phil Parkinson. Would you, if you get something there, would you put that down to a marker on how your season's been going? It's hard because and it's not a personal marker because it's not. A, this is not about. I'm not. I'm not going to see dramatic change in and where I want to go right away but I've already seen a marker in training uh, when I first walked in the door we did one or two things and, and the results have improved over certain aspects and don't don't think this is because we're fitter it's, it's, it's an old fast and old way of looking at things or they weren't fit when I took over I've not said that at all just how I expect my teams to play requires something that they didn't have if I was walking to another club and, and Maybe the person who took over from me will want us something different out of those players that he doesn't foresee them having at that particular time. So we're working hard trying to implement one or two things in the training ground and the players' mentality has been excellent. Listen, we've had a horrific, horrific seven days with, with where to train. Sparrows Lane's been like a, like a car park, a uh, concrete one, and it, we've had no movement in the ground at all. Um, we got half of the valley the other day by double covering the part of it. I believe it's got down to minus six, the wind chill today as we're training so it's going to be a cold one owing to postponements you've got seven games to play in February is that going to determine your season? 100% yeah listen you come out to that I'm not too sure how many games there is to go um, but you come out to them games with a, with a, it's, it's, it's 15 points so it can put you in touching distance of what you think you can achieve um, nobody this place is throwing a towel in just yet I think everybody's talking about next season in some ways, me and fans talking about next season and stuff like that, getting things right now 
Um, I go on Fantasy Day. It's about getting the club clean and fresh to start next season. I get that. I understood what the fans were saying to me, but it's. I still can't just roll over this year. There's still so much to achieve, and I don't think any chart and athletic club should team should should just accept wait for next year. Um, if it happens to be next year, well, that's part and parcel of the industry. But right now, we're, we're we're certainly in the mix. And don't forget, after we play the next four games with Bolton, Fleetwood, and Rochdale, um, we've played most of the top teams. We've had the most difficult run of fixtures since January, as you well know. I, don't th- I think we only played one team below us. So, or one team outside the top ten, I think it was. Someone said to me the other day. So it's uh, we've played a lot of the big boys since we walked in. So there's a there's a lot of games to go, and uh, it's about just being touching distance coming into the middle of Feb, and then coming out of it, you should start getting yourself in sort of much more contention, and, and that's the aim. Listen, the players here have been magnificent and very fond of the work ethic at the moment, um, and the discipline, the self-discipline, the group discipline, and uh, hopefully that will continue. Carl Robinson, thank you very much. Cheers, mate, thank you. So it's Carl Robinson chatting to uh, BBC Radio. Ken, uh, during today's uh, press conference, lots of uh, very interesting stuff came out of it. The bit that pleased me most is the bit where um, uh, Carl confirmed that he's not patient, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did you see how, see how not patient he was? Did you, did you see that? Um, plenty of stuff there. I mean, uh, the, the bit towards the end where he's talking about he's not going to throw the towel in yet. Uh, we, we talked on last week's podcast where we think I think the playoffs are pretty much out of reach now. We need, we need an absolute miracle to get into the playoffs. Um, we're we're currently nine points off uh, off Rochdale who are in sick with a game in hand, but we're fourteenth. There's so there's there's a whole there's a handful of teams, you know, hatful of teams really in between us and Rochdale. So even if we were to get more points from Rochdale, we'd have to get more points than another six or seven teams there. Mm. Uh, Rochdale, like I say, Rochdale started their mind games early. By the way, for our game up there next month, the hotel I'm saying is cancelled on me. Mind games, oh. trying to put us off, trying to put us off. Um, but you know, Carl said he's not going to throw in the towel yet, and maybe we will learn a bit more after this February where we're seeing these seven games, and if we do come out of it with 15 points, then. And maybe it's a different story, but that means more than two points a game. And our average, I think, our average this season's one point three something. Mm. And since Carl comes in, it's even less. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, I think we all know, we all know that it's very, very, very unlikely it's going to happen. And look, Carl can't come out and say, "Yeah, we're not going to make it" because he ain't going to get this marquee sign he's trying to get. So <laughs> he turns around and says, "Oh, we ain't making playoffs." They're not going to go. Oh, have, have, have some more money to spend. So he's not stupid. He's he's got to put that out there, and you know, he's not going to write off the season in mid gentle end of Jan so he's got to be sensible about it but I think deep down everyone knows that it's a bit it's going to be a bridge too far especially with the squad that we've got yeah, at the moment and especially considering the fact that we haven't even mentioned on tonight's show but McGuinness is going to be out for what, a month maybe six weeks the same yeah so we've got big noves big noves hopefully making a comeback for Saturday interesting one the, the questions they're asked about um uh, so were we expecting any moves and, and Carl said uh, it seems to say emphatic yes mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, he was uh, he asked about Nicky Jose. he was linked with um, the South End's groundsman's position <laughs> <laughs> he was linked with going down to South End by the, by the South End Echo you know other clubs uh, Carl suggested that other clubs have asked about his availability as well and you know he hasn't he hasn't been playing the last couple of games. Is 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 he someone you'd look to move on? Surely with McGuinness out, unless there's another striker coming, there's no way you'd want to move on Nicky Jose. No, nah, I think it's clear that Carl you know, doesn't doesn't want to play him or use him in his system, uh, or maybe he just doesn't fit. Um, but either way, like you say, I think if in his perfect world he would move him out uh, both for him and for for Carl himself, and then bring another striker in. Um, 
I'd like to see that personally because I think if we have to use a Jose, we're having to use him in a system that Carl doesn't want to necessarily. Um, that would be the ideal scenario. But if not, then you've got to keep him and you've got to use him because he's still better than no striker at all. Mm. Uh, another one that was uh, has been brought up recently, El Hadji Barr, obviously not been involved. Richard Corley, <laughs> the South London Press, reported the other day that uh, it looks like we're having, we're having trouble moving him off the books still. Um, it doesn't seem to be any, any manager's uh, plans for this season, does he? No, he's a, you know he's not a fan of he, obviously Russell weren't a fan and obviously when he when Cole come in maybe thinking or oh, maybe he could do a job in sitting in one of those two positions but as and uh, you know Crofty's stepped up and Joe Rebo's yeah. come in and to be fair you know you can't really displace any of them and it's going to be hard for us to offload him because someone's got to try and take his wages on and he hasn't really played much um, I don't blame him for not making a move I think probably any any one of us would do the same. If yeah. we were in his position, it's not really his fault he was given a silly contract, but um, <laughs> you take it, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course yeah, you would. Every single one of us would. But, but and it is also clear that players got a, a clean slate when when yeah. Carl came in because George Shearer came back in the team and he wasn't playing under Russ. under under Russell Slade at all. Now uh, looking ahead to Saturday's game, there's uh, free. Uh, uh, free coaches were offered to the fans. We're sending uh, two two coaches for the free uh, free free seats on on the way up, and there's a waiting list for a third. So if you um, I double check with the club how many how many clubs how many coaches we fill. So there's two that have sold out or freed out. What's it? Well, how do you say that when it's free? It's freed out. Full. Full. Oh, that there. Uh, they do have words in English for that, don't they? Yeah. Um, so there's two that are full. Uh, there's a waiting list for a third. So I mean, ring up the club tomorrow and get your name on the list and see see if there's enough of you for them to justify doing it. Um, but I, I don't know to see if, if, if you still fancy it uh, but you know we're going there with what looks like Patrick Bowers returned to training today but it seems it sounds unlikely he's going to be involved so we're, 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 st- we're still staring at the same centre back pairing we were looking at last week we are expecting last week which was going to be mm. Esri Konza and, and Big Rojo now um, you know, we're, we're up against a Bolton side uh, third in the league they've got three games in hand <coughs> and Sheffield United who are top who they're seven points behind so if they won their three games in hand they could be top uh, you know, certainly one of the teams who are going to be up there or thereabouts uh, by the time by the time it comes to May, isn't it? Yeah, Parky's done a, a fantastic job there, and I think not only is you know people a bit wary about Rojo coming back, but also Konza going back into defence means that splits up him and Aribo's partnership in midfield as well. Obviously, we haven't got really any backups anywhere else, so. You know, obviously Ricky's going to be a week fitter. Tony Watt's going to be a week fitter, so that's going to help. And I think he said Novak's now fit as well. So, you know, there are players coming back, but I think our first eleven in an ideal world, we're not going to have there. And mm. that's, you know, this is not a game where you want to be missing players because, as you say, they're on a, a great run and, and third in the league and flying. Mm. All right, we had a couple of emails into the inbox there, just talking about a couple of uh, things we discussed uh, throughout today. Jim Button <laughs> says. Uh, uh, Rochdale and Oldham I think people have forgotten how dire those two home matches were it confirmed to me uh, that Slade's pragmatic defensive style wasn't going to bring about promotion it led to too many draws it also led to my son refusing to come to the next three matches but who could blame him give Robertson a chance if we don't get promoted it won't be because we set up defensively keep up the good well that's from Jim now Richard Church emailed in regards to uh, 
uh, <laughs> to uh, uh, the situation. Uh, he says F- the, the subject is F A E F L, and Katrina says, "Hi guys, thanks for being there." Is the heating on? I have I have turned the heating oh, on. It is, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Nice. Yeah. It says anyway. The governing bodies of football, whether it's the F A or the E F L, have consistently made a pig's ear of it for decades. Then given a job to an incompetent. Uh, person like our CEO would be entirely in keeping with their track record let them do it give them both enough rope to hang themselves uh, it says oh now you're on to the Red Bull story great <laughs> so yeah it's obviously email was sent uh, but thanks for your emails there Richard and, and Jim <coughs> so yeah, I guess if we try and look ahead to, to Saturday's game like I say we, we know we know the defensive problems we've got we know the striker problems we've got is it going to be Tony what is it going to be Nicky or Jose what are you thinking I don't reckon I reckon we're going to um I reckon Nose will start. Obviously, I think what will probably have to play. You, th- you think you think Lee Novak will start over over what and I Jose? Considering he's only just come back. From I th- yeah, I, I think Nose Nose because we haven't really got that focal point. I mean, I ran it for ages after that Millwall game when what was when what was supposed to be our centre forward. It was never going to work. Um, so I think what's got to come out and <clears throat> come out as an inside forward. He's not a centre forward in my eyes. So I think that's well, the only reason why I would say Nose will have to play. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to have Nicky up there and. Lumping it to Nicky ain't going to do us any favours yeah. like we've all done all season. So, yeah. But Tom, uh, yeah. you got a good preference for the striker star hot top? I think it will be Tony <coughs> Watt myself. Um, I'd like to see. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd like to see him up there. Um, I think just because I don't know how fit. Well, I don't know how fit <coughs> he is to be fair. But Novak hasn't played for a while. Mm. Watt at least had seventy minutes the other day. Um, I agree with Nafe, he's not ideal up there, certainly in that central role, so I don't know exactly how we're going to play it with him, but um, I, I think he'll start myself. So anyway, looking forward to it was surely going to be a, a testing game, and if any of you are going up there, I'll see you up there on Saturday at the Macron Stadium, the uh, returning to the scene of our relegation. I'll put a smile on oh, everyone's good. faces. All <laughs> uh, right, let's have some predictions, Tom. 1-0 Optimistic Nafe Well 7 out of the last 10 have been draws Last 5 consecutive have been draws So I'm going to go for a Desmond Desmond 2-2 two, two. Yes Alright that's some good stats though On the draws there Yeah uh, last 5 been draws Yeah I'm going to go for a 3-1 defeat Unfortunately Right this has been <laughs> This has been, uh, been Charlton Live here On uh, Maritime Radio Don't forget If you want to listen to any of our uh, Old Charlton Live shows You can head over to uh, uh, a cast up uh, for a podcast or iTunes uh, or our, indeed our website charltonlive.co.uk if we listen to our, our old shows and catch up with we're going to be back here on Maritime Radio at 7pm on Sunday evening where we're going to uh, review whatever happened uh, up at Bolton uh, hopefully hopefully three points but we'll, we'll see on that one don't forget if you want to uh, listen back to tonight's show the rest of the podcast you might want to listen again to the uh, the interview uh, with Paul Moore, I'm not talking about today's Equality and Diversity Day, or indeed the interview with Heather from the uh, Women Against the Regime. Tom, Nate, thanks you both for coming in. Cheers, everybody. I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live on Maritime Radio. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back uh, here again on Sunday evening. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.